Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. Today's guest is the lovely Holly Hughes. Holly is an intuitive healer, award-winning author, and public speaker. She infuses her unique personal style, intuitive gifts, and personal healing stories to guide clients through a step-by-step process to help them claim claim their voice, passions, and self-worth. Her book, Real Not Perfect, How to Become Your Happy Authentic Self, will help you to stop hiding behind people's expectations and discover the version of you you want to be. And from that beautiful bio, you guys know why she's here. Welcome, Holly. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited for you to share your evolution and your self-discovery process with us in your own words. Um, But I do want to highlight that Everything you do is so in alignment with everything I do. And I'm just so excited um, for us to have this conversation and really just broaden the conversations we have on a regular basis with each other's networks. Awesome. I love that, how you can like be woo and have intention and be open to things and still be professional and have goals. Like they're not exclusive. Mm-hmm. And I love that part. I think that's amazing. Thank you so much. So share your story with us. Like, where does it begin? I mean, it's a heavy one. You've been through a lot in your life. (laughs) I've been through a lot. I have. So, um, people often ask me, you know, like how long have I had my gifts? The answer is always, but I didn't have control over them. I didn't understand that everyone else didn't have them. And so, um, I often ignored it when I was younger, right? Because I've been through a few things. So like um, my journey started, I am a daughter of an alcoholic father. Um, I was sexually assaulted when I was 15 and I kept that secret for over 13 years thinking I could handle it better than my family ever could. I thought obviously I did something because, you know, 15, whatever. Um, I lost my house to a fire when I was 17. I lost my home again when I was 23 to an earthquake. I had a starter marriage to a very um, mentally and emotionally abusive person because back then I believed if I love you enough, I can make you happy. Um, and now I've come full circle and it took me many years to heal. And then I had my gifts and then I asked to like, really learn how to control them. And then I even had some more hardships in my life, like with pregnancies and that I could get pregnant, but I could keep pregnancies except for my daughter, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no reason ever why. Right. So that was really hard for me for someone who had abilities to actually see the person trying to come through and that never happening. But all of those things being said, I think I went through all of that. So when people come and they're looking for healing, there is no judgment. And I've kind of been through a little bit and I reference myself unless that annoys them just to be like, look, if I could do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I love so much about you um, is that you have learned how to take all you said, I've been through a bit. Let's be honest. You've been through a lot. You've been through more than most people have to endure in a lifetime. And, you know, I, I love that you were able to turn that around and say, all of this has led me to today where I really become a safe, non-judgmental place for other people to heal other people to evolve. And, you know, that's so in line uh, with, how I view my past too. all of the things that have happened, all of the, the difficult seasons really empowered me now 
to be able to not, you know, judge other people, not be in a position to be like, when I hear someone's difficulty, it's like, okay, we can, we can navigate this right in a way that suits our clients. And you found your authenticity and you embraced your gifts. And, and I'm, I'm confident that you really are changing the narratives for um, your future life and, and all of the clients that, that cross your path. Well, thank you. I like to say like, you know, we go through all these different struggles, like every day isn't easy. And there's also a difference. And I I hope people who are listening or going through something where you're like, oh, should I be nicer to my friend who's going through something? Because they always come to me and I try to help them, but it's not working. I'm going to say that perhaps actually you need a boundary there just because you feel it. It doesn't mean it's yours to heal. Some people like come to see me because they're in the process of processing. So they're not, not ready to make changes, but they need to talk about it and work through different healing steps or modalities. And that's all good. But when it comes time to being in a relationship, a friendship, a partnership, family dynamics, if someone is making you nuts, you don't have to put up with it. It's okay to create space for both of you. And and maybe your friendship just needs a little breather. Maybe it's time that you outgrew that person. There's other things to consider, but um, that's one of actually the ways I say people hide from healing themselves is by helping other people, right? Mm -hmm. Then they don't ever have to deal with their own stuff. So, you know, it's a very interesting little thing to like deal with there. It's you nailed it on the head. There's so many, particularly in the coaching industry, the service provider industry, there are many, many, many coaches who are doing an exceptional job helping other people navigate their journey while being still too hesitant to face their own. And, uh, you know, it's always, that's always my favorite breakthrough with my own clients is like, wait a second. Huh. I can do this for other people. Why am I having a really difficult time with my own? And then they get to uncover that next layer. But I also want to touch on the personal boundary. Mm. I'm sure, I'm sure you can also relate to like being the helper. You know, when I was growing up, it was like everybody came to me with their stuff. And I very much prided myself on being able to help other people as a form of deflection from my own stuff really truthfully. Um, I can own that now. And I can say I did that for many moons, but the boundaries are the energetic boundaries. The emotional boundaries are really pivotal. Um, as we start to grow up and my friends and I have all been on our own, um, self-discovery journey. And we have this really cool thing we do. And, and I hope this serves the listeners when something's happening and we need a space to vent or work through the first thing we say is, Hey, do you have space for this today? And it's also okay. If you say, no, I love that. You should put mm-hmm. that on a mug and sell it to everybody. Right. Do it's you have, true. It's, do it's you like, have space. It's amazing. And you know, we're all parents of young kids, or we're all business owners, like in my close group, we're all going through our own. I always call it the real life experience, you know, the behind the scenes reality of Mm -hmm. being a woman in 2021 navigating life. And, um, that really has changed the way we communicate with one another. And it's something I, uh, it actually used to kind of trigger me at the beginning, like, can I say no? And then I realized, yes, 
Cause that's the whole point. Right. And now it's like, so our, our, our conversations and our respect for one another has deepened so much more in that ability to be seen by the people you love and respect and create space for the people that you love and respect. It's such a great phrase to say, do you have space for me today? Do you have space for this particular thing that I need to kind of work through today? And I think I honestly, I think you need to like put that everywhere over and over. <laughs> that's like, that's going to be the best phrase. I have this whole, I gave a whole lecture several times about the power of saying no, that if I say niet nine, like, you know, the word in a million different languages, but how come those two letters are so hard to actually say? And the other thing that's equally as hard to say is help. Yeah. I need help. But I like think that is kind of like asking for space. You're like, do you have space for this day? Cause I need help today. Yeah. And maybe the help is you're just going to listen. Maybe I get to just figure things out while I talk to you. You know, you just don't know what it's going to sound like to hear your own voice sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I and I think there's power in, you know, um, having somebody that you respect like there, you know, whether it's through FaceTime, whether it's through a conversation like this on Zoom, it's, it's, it's so much different than like having the internal dialogue. Ugh. You get to feel Spinning. someone else's energy as you navigate. And the truth is when we say, do you have space for that? The truth is we're self-talking through it and you just have a safe place to be like, wait, let's go let, th- listen to what you just said. And And, you know, how can you lovingly give yourself compassion, right? That, that reframe or that narrative or that, you know, guidance that we can't give ourselves when we're spinning. Um, And the word, no, Hmm. Mm. it's very, very hard. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do we make that mean? It means that I'm no good. I'm less than I'm, I can't do it for you. Somehow I'm going to disappoint you somehow. If I say no, you're going to do something and forget about me. If I say no, then you'll move on to the next person. All of these stories and dramas come through. But if all of that was true, if you said no to a friend and they stopped asking for your help, I'm going to guess they're a vampire and using you on some level. And if they forget you that easy, they're not authentic. They're not being real with you anyway. You shouldn't have to prove or earn friendships or relationships, right? There's give and take. That's one thing, but earning it or paying for it or something when there's that entanglement, it's no good. Yeah. And this is a really difficult process for people who are navigating this piece of their journey as well. You know, everybody gets really stuck on, but I don't want to lose the people that I love. I don't want that friendship to dissolve. And it's like, is that friendship serving you? Well, no, but okay. But then, then, (laughs) then if you're not feeling loved and supported and respected in that relationship anyways, then what are you making it mean? Like, what does that relationship mean? Is it difficult because you're a people pleaser and you're changing the way you are and they don't like it? Are you starting to learn to love yourself and recognize that the external um, relationships you've built were a mirror of the non-love that you had for yourself? Yeah. Are you recreating what you know, even though what you know, isn't working for you? That's my favorite question. Yeah. People are always like, Oh, Oh, I'm like, yeah, no, we all do it on some unconscious level. I being in the later part of my life now, like, you know, I've 
so glad there was no social media when I was younger. Cause I don't want <laughs> proof. Like I have my journals. <laughs> I don't want anyone else to have proof of my, the lessons I had to learn to figure some really, um, emotional truths for me, which was, I always thought I had to do stuff. I thought I had to be the peacekeeper. Like I did all of those things and it doesn't work. So when younger people come and they're like, Oh my God, but like I'm 25 and I don't know. And I'm like, okay, don't know you're 25. Do you think I don't exist anymore? Cause I'm in my fifties. That's ridiculous. Like stop. <laughs> you're still a whole person. You've got plenty of time. And I also like to tell people, this is one of my favorite analogies and it works with relationships a lot. I, I like to say, um, do you like the same toys when you're eight that you did it for? Do you like the same toys when you're 16 that you did at eight? Do you want the same things when you're 24 as you did when you were 16? No, because you're basing things on, first of all, you're living in your family's home, however that's set up for you, but it's a fantasy on some level, mm -hmm. the fantasy of something. And then there's the reality and people tend to recreate their parents' relationship unconsciously, even when they swear they won't do it. Mm. Mm. especially in the early twenties and when you're younger and for some people, their parents have a good relationship Two thumbs up. I'm so glad for you. You're, you're a unicorn. Probably right. most of us is not. And then you have to figure out how do you communicate? I am super direct. I would rather know something, even when it pisses me off or I'm like, then even when I have to say, stop, that's a little too much. I need to that hurt. I need to figure that out. I need to process mm -hmm. that over drips and drabs and hints. Please don't hint. Holy yeah. good goodness. Don't hint at me. That is annoying and passive aggressive in my mind. And I just, I will walk away. Like just yep. say, say what's up. Cause if I have to guess why you're upset while I'm asking you why you're upset, that's not going to work for me. Right. Because that's where you're going to spin in your own head and like create all of these narratives that are probably way worse than the thing that the person's upset about. And you're like, just tell me the thing, you know, but it's interesting that you say that. So I have two younger sisters that are in their mid to late twenties and you know, it's like, but I want to get married. And yeah. One's got a clock and on. She's got her. Oh clock. yeah. Oh, I can feel She's it. She's clocking tick, tick, tickety, tick, tick. And I'm like, relax. I'll tell you a secret about life, who you are today with your soon to be husband is wildly different than who you're going to be in four years and four years after that and enjoy your life. There's like no rush to that. You know, there's like, She's got no FOMO. Way. Oh my God. I can oh, feel yeah. it from here. She's got, Oh, FOMO. she's got fun. And I get it. I remember, you know, and I had my daughter at 25. So I was like the measuring stick of when you should have babies. Um, you know, my brother and sister-in-law got pregnant very quickly on purpose after I had my daughter. Cause it was like, the clock is ticking. Right. And there's that piece that we feel we need now. Um, and they now also I wanted to have cousins close in age. That yes, was part of did. their, yeah, yeah. I can yeah, feel that. They did. <laughs> they did. And you know what? It's beautiful because, um, my daughter and their firstborn are 18 months apart. And then, uh, four and a half years later, they had their son. And then I had my son 10 months later. So like they're paired so beautifully and they're all very close, but but yeah, my sister is like trying to rush the clock and I'm like, babe, chill. 
And if you guys want a baby and you're ready right now, trust me, you can also have your social life. You get to decide what your life looks like, but who you are at 27 is very, very different than who you are at 32. And this made up belief that you have to have a timeline is not serving our, our greatest good and our greatest joy. And I have a couple of clients in their late twenties and they're, that's that same tick, 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 tick. It's Saturn return. Saturn return is like, you know about that, right? So the planet Saturn comes back to where it was when you were born, when you're about 28. So people get married, divorced and have babies 27, 28, 28. It's just, you just see it is wrote. I got divorced at 28. So like, so it's fascinating this thing, but my thing when I, so I was a film and TV producer or whatever. So when I went out to LA, I was like, so by the time I'm 24, I'll be doing this. So 24, I want to know who I was going to be married to 26 married 28 first kid, second kid by 30 third by 33. That was my goal. Um, well, that didn't happen. I, you know, I, and I was like, I'm on the five-year plan. I'm going to be producing my own stuff within five years. I made that happen because I was a maniac at work. I was just full on a plus like you have to be like that out there. Um, but my personal life was a total disaster. Mm. So you have to pick and choose what it is and what is balance, even though that's not the word I'm trying to get away from balance and try to get into rhythm. What rhythm do you want to have in your life? How much time do you want to be able to be at home? How important is money? How much are you going to give up to have money? Mm. Right. Because my father is a self-made person but he became an alcoholic and a workaholic. And so I never saw him. Right. But he earned, but we have no relationship. Like, well, he thinks we do, but whatever, but like, you know, it's, it's like, what will you do? What will you sacrifice? So for those clock ticking, I have to know I'm getting old. I can't have babies after that. The world doesn't really like that anymore. There's plenty of ways to have children you know, when you're older and you can have safe, lovely pregnancies, but, you know, don't limit your partnerships because you think, oh my God, I'm almost 30. Who's going to marry me? It's crazy. And you know, what's really crazy is the difference in the timeline in America versus Canada as well. And I, my American clients are, they, it blows their damn mind when I'm like, do you realize that here in Canada, most of us live at home until we're 30 because we can't afford the housing market. And so we don't get married until then. And then we probably on average here in Canada, the firstborn child is between 32 and 34 years old. And like, the Americans just like physically contract when I say that Mm -hmm. they're working on the retirement plan at 34, right? Like it's like this weird (laughs) dynamic that happens. And, and I think it's so funny, but the, you know, I think what we're really talking about is this on these unrealistic timelines we put on ourselves as women. And you're saying like, where are you going to sacrifice? And for me, this ran super deep. I was a single parent for six years. The sacrifice was not an option, first of all. Right. So it was like, well, now I have to sacrifice my career. And then, uh, oops, they, I I was let go. And then I had no career. And so then I built this beautiful business and my, I was always like, I'll never have, I'll, I'll never be like, really wealthy because I'm not willing to sacrifice time for my kid from my kids. Mm -hmm. And now what I'm starting to realize is, wait a second, this is my business and I get to do things my way. And there is 
a whole lot of evidence that I can be incredibly wealthy and an incredible mother and an incredible partner. So I'm going to run with that and figure out what that looks like. Yeah. And everyone has their own definition of success. I think, I think the definition of wealth that is like my dream is to vacation how I want, when I want. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be Mm. nice to go places? I think the world is closed. I'm waiting for like that to shift right now. But I think in general, I am a curious person. I love going places and seeing how other people live and how other people experience life and what their culture is about. I think that's the beauty of humanity. And that's part of the detriment of some of social media is so amazing because I'm connecting like this, but other bad things is like, you're labeled evil. If you don't think X, Y, and Z, when we're not here to do that, we're not here to be homogeneous, God, creator, whoever, whatever you believe we are a little different Mm -hmm. for a reason, Mm -hmm. but we have amazing similarities right? Like culturally, there's always a food thing. That's the same. Like there's dynamics with like within families that are often similar. And I think, I think I wish we could be more open to all of that. And maybe we give each other and ourselves a break instead of going for all of this perfection. Mm. Right. I think that's a perfect segue into the book. Ooh, thanks. Tell us about the book. Oh, wait, look, I have one right here. Yay. Also obsessed with the cover. I know. It's beautiful. If you look at my cover really close, my eyes aren't exactly open or closed because it's real, not perfect. Ooh. Oh, I picked that. I didn't airbrush the photo and you can see like I have a pimple on my chin. Yes. Right. I know. That's true. Yeah. I wrote this because, because of that, because, um, I was seeing a lot of people come to my office And they had kind of lost themselves. They lost themselves and didn't know how to define success. They couldn't define what they wanted in their life because they were busy living up to a family expectation or definition of who they ought to be. They were another person around their friends. Just like we said before, like, do I leave this friend group? Do I stay here? Is this really what I want? Or are you continuing a role? Right. And then Mm -hmm. I always really like to ask people what words they are using to define themselves. I love that. Yeah. So the book is full of, you know, kind of some of my journey is journaling in there and there is Holly's healing tips in there. Cause I also give Holly's healing homework because I don't think it all gets done just in a session with you or me, you really have to do the work outside guided meditation. It just takes you through the process of defining yourself in your own terms. You decide what your value is. And then once you figure out who you are and who you want to be, then how you set up a boundary, start saying no to the things that aren't important to you. Mm -hmm. And then really I dive into self-care some, because I love a good massage myself. But, you know, for me, self-care is something that feeds your soul. It feeds your soul maintenance. (laughs) Maintenance (laughs) is like exercise and all that stuff, but dance feeds my soul. Yeah. Like I just learned the chorus to an EXO song, love shot. I don't know, whatever. And my husband's like, what are you doing? And it took me longer to learn it, but I was like, I can do it. Ha ha. I can do it now. And my daughter's like, oh, mom, stop. But (laughs) I'm so proud of myself because that brings me joy. Right. And, you know, it's so interesting. We use a lot of different language in the way that we're saying the same things. You know, Mm -hmm. we can, we can have these conversations. My clients can walk away like, yes, 
I can do anything. And then what happens the six days in between our session, right? It's the integration piece of what empowers that really is the transformation. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is one piece. Integration is another piece. And then transformation is long lasting. And that's really, you know, how I teach it too. It's like, how are you doing the work in little shifts every single day to become the woman you desire to be? And I love that you say like people are different in different places. I literally call it molding myself. I used to mold myself mm-hmm. into ways that I believed made me good enough for different types of people in different types of environments. And so the end of the day, when I'm like, this life sucks and I'm not happy and I don't know what I want. Uh, and also I don't know who the hell I am because I've never actually done that and explored that, you know, really is a, a different way of saying what you're saying. It's like, okay, if you don't know who you are, then what values do you have? How do you define yeah. joy? How do you define happiness? What feels like love? Who do you want to be? And I always say, what type of woman do you want to be in this world? Yeah. I mean, one of my first exercises are what are the words your family uses to describe you? What are the words your friends use you to describe you? What words do you use? Do any of them overlap? Mm -hmm. And then when you're looking at yourself, like I'm really good at picking myself apart. Like I'm really good at it. Right. So I, right. So I can tell you, well, my hips are wider now on this. And I got sag skin here. Like it's so easy, too easy. F that. Can I curse on your show? Like yeah, F that. Damn right. Yeah. Fuck that. So, because now what I do before I go to sleep every night is I say, I love you, Holly. Mm. And if people just started saying, I love you with their name before they go to bed, I bet they're going to sleep better. Believe it or not. If they really are, but I am receiving the love that I often give to other people that I realized I wasn't giving to myself because on, in some level, even at this point, especially because social media, everyone looks like this, or I should look like this, or your body should be like this. Well, your body changes, right? Like mindset does a little, some sort of shift, like every 10 years, right? It's like a little hormonal, whatever. So what? So what? So what? Uh, I feel like that I've talked about this so many times. This is like literally sorry, listeners, Um, this self-love podcast, I swear every episode for the last eight episodes has somehow transformed to this conversation, which literally usually tells me that universally I need to hear it. And so do other people, (laughs) you know, we are 19 months into a pandemic. It'll be like December when this airs, but right now it's almost the end of September. And I don't know about you, but most women I know, their bodies respond to stress. Who would have thought that 19 months into consistent stress, (laughs) we might see a shift in our bodies. And so I was a bridesmaid in in a wedding just a few weeks ago. I'm planning my own wedding. And I'll tell you something. None of those dresses fucking fit. (laughs) But all those dresses just brutal on women anyway. They really well. I mean, we postponed our wedding in 2019. I think also that was my gut instinct saying it's not right. And then the pandemic hit. So I actually bought my dress three years ago. 
Ooh. Do you still like mm-hmm. it? Oh my God. I love it. I put it on a couple weeks ago just to make sure. Cause my mom's like, I hope you still love this thing. I'm like, I love it. it I will love it more when I can do it up. But this is the part I wanted to bring up. So how many times and how many women listening to this and how many men, women worldwide, 19 months later are beating themselves up because their clothes don't fit. They are emotionally injured eating, they're binging, they're not sleeping well. They're, you know, a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic stress response for them was I'm going to drink wine every night. Your body's going to respond. I'm going to start ordering Uber eats. Your body's going to respond. We start, we lost our routine and our bodies respond. And, and I am a 35 year old woman who has two children I have lived through a pandemic while consistently building my business month after month after month while having my kids in the next room screaming and hollering and all the things, just like many of the people listening have. And if I'm a size 10 instead of a size six, that actually reflects 0% about the kind of woman I am. Yeah. 0%. Isn't it still so hard though? Like I, I I can say, I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, my thing is, like I said, I dance, I would dance three times a week. Right. So I had my African dance community that we go and I haven't seen them and I miss them so much. And then I would, I would go to the Y and take classes here, but I don't want to go to the Y and take classes anymore. I don't want to be in that kind of environment, whatever. And the place, the other place I like to go at the JCC actually, but now I had moved. So it's over 35 minutes away. So do you think I'm going to drive 35 minutes for an hour class, drive 35 minutes back, shower and get to work? I can't miss that many hours a day for work. When I lived five minutes from it or even 15, no problem. I could do the hustle, get ready for work. I could sneak it in. I could give myself a longer time, but now it's not, Oh, I've taken on coaching my daughter's middle school tennis team. If I tell you the amount of hours that is that I didn't expect. So that's why I'm like, I don't, not feeling that great. But I was like, that means you better just start moving. And you know, I hate doing it alone. I miss that sense of community. Like for me, it literally is energy of the room with other people having fun. I missed that, but I am now looking for a tap class. Maybe it's just like, I'm just looking for something. See, that brings me joy. That is, that's my self care. Right. But like, so I have to not worry about like this so much. Although there's this vanity part of me. There's the woman who lived in LA for 18 years Uh who I am not obese, but in LA I've aged out and I'm obese. Right. You know, so it's like you, there is that programming even for me. Yeah. And then when I see a picture, I'm like, I'm crazy. I'm body dysmorphic. Like, and I'm aware. And that's like the last piece of my own personal journey Mm -hmm. that I have to be like, get over it. So I love that you brought up the body dysmorphia, because that is also me. And that statement that I just said, if I'm a size 10, instead of a size six, that's okay. And, but that's because I struggle with it all the time. And I also am like, it really is okay. Like, uh, am I going to start literally loving my vessel again? Yes. That's a different journey for a woman. And that's what you're talking about. Joy, do the things, create, love my vessel, get the movement and be joyful and find community and have all those pieces that I've missed in the last 19 years that fill my soul. That is what the focus is for me now. It's not about the dress. I already said very clearly to my fiance, 
Oh. You're back now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Could you hear that video playing in the background? That was weird. Mercury retrograde. Anyways, I'll edit that out. Uh, I think you should leave it. I you put a black card and be like, like Mercury in retrograde. Mercury it's like, in a, retrograde. It's, a, it's like a flashing like warning sign. I like to say that happens when the woo-woo <laughs> happens. Like everyone's like, can I record our session? I'm like, you could try, but it's not going to work. But go ahead. Who knows? Um, yeah, but what I was saying was like, you know, we have to create this, the missing pieces that we've lost from the pandemic and create joy again. And also, I think I was saying, I already made it very clear across the board. I'm just going to corset back the dress. Why? Smart. Because the place I'm in in my life right now is about joy. Yeah. It's about joy. It's not about a waistline. My mother, actually, I was talking to her before we talked today and she had called me because she had gone to a movie and she said, I laughed out loud. And then I realized I hadn't laughed like that in a really long time that that the movie was just so funny and the people there, the environment was just, we weren't worried about being sick. Mm. You know, if you think about that, like there are, I've had moments like that over the last 19 months that have really just brought me to tears truthfully, because yeah, I, so we moved middle of the pandemic. Um, and my child started my daughter started a new school. And my son started a new daycare and he's never seen his daycare teachers faces ever. He doesn't know what they look like because they have masks and goggles. And, and my daughter, um, when they, when we went back to uh, virtual learning, like a month after we moved here, she went on her zoom and her teacher was like taken aback because she had never seen Rai's face. Like what a weird fucking world we live in and moments like that as a parent, it's like, Oh God, you know, like it's so painful to think. And then just like, how, how much did your heart smile and feel sad at the same time when your mother said, I don't remember the last time I laughed that hard. I know I laughed really hard earlier this weekend. My husband said something that was like, absurd to me. And I cried, laughed. And my daughter who's a teen now looks at me and she was like, couldn't stop laughing at me laughing that hard, which made me laugh hard. I was like, Oh, I needed that. Thank you. But we can't there. There's less opportunities for that. There's Mm -hmm. not a normal. We're not going back because here's the truth. The virus isn't going anywhere. No, it's a fucking virus people. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. So like living in fear and living, like, I think it's going to have to be a different rhythm than balance. It's not, you can't vilify people for their actions. Like part information isn't working. Take care of yourself, be respectful, but it is really weird. The whole like living like this, we moved just before the pandemic, my daughter started a middle school. And so for her, it's been interesting because how do you build friendship when everyone's yeah. been like that? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a fascin. it's just fascinating. It's, it is fascinating. And, you know, there, I, from the very beginning, um, you know, I know my limitations, like most of us who are listening do, I know my mental health patterns 
really well. And I said, right from day one, I said, everybody in this house gets stressed every day. Everybody in this house finds something to laugh about. And, um, and my work is my joy. So fortunately Mm -hmm. I get that here, but we, I had a running whiteboard. We had a whiteboard in our kitchen and I wrote a silly dad joke on it every single day with a count a day count, right? My, my daughter, she has severe anxiety and most kids with anxiety don't want to know shit like that. She Mm -hmm. has to know shit like that. And I'm like, do you really want to know it's day 127 in quarantine? Do you really, does that help you helped her? I don't understand, but every day thing for her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But every day I would do the countdown and every day I would do like a funny dad joke. And one thing I have to say is like, this family has never laughed so much together as we have in these last 19 months. And I am See, so now grateful. I know why you know the dates so well. You're like, cause you have a running count going. That's crazy. Oh no. I stopped after, after like <laughs> day 135, I was like, I can't fucking look at this anymore. I just can't <laughs> like now it's not funny. Now it's depressing and I miss our life and they miss their lives. And Um, you know, and I think the universe is just such a magical, magical thing because just when I think the world was ready to really give up, they gave us a little bit of freedom and we got to like hug our people for Christmas and love our people through the holidays. And then just kidding. And then the spring came and we're just about to give up again. And then we can get outside again. And like, I, I feel like it was on purpose, all of it. It's all a learning tool. Um, but it's funny the things that you don't realize you would miss that you took for granted for so long. And now we're in this place. I think all of us collectively that are like, okay, let's remember the joy, the things that we really loved that we never thought people would take away from us. And then the world took it away. And so how do we rebuild that? How do we reinstill that into our life? And I've said from the beginning that like, if, if nothing else comes from this, people are going to create value systems again. Cause I think that was lost. Ooh, that's that interesting. Was- I think we need also ways to manage our frustration and anger besides taking pills and numbing out. What? I know. Here's the huh. thing. I got, I got really depressed at the beginning, sort of at the beginning of the pandemic because black lives matter, like, you know, really was happening yeah. here in the States and all that murder was happening. And as an empath, I was literally overcome with fear from the disease, from fear of being murdered. I just could feel it all. And it just sent me on a spiral and I needed help more than I can do for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's also a good thing to know. Like, so there's being frustrated or needing coping skills, but it doesn't mean that you need to be numb. So for anyone who really suffering depression, please get the help you need. But for anyone who's like in a place of, feeling numb and they don't know how to express what they're doing. I'm going to give you one of my favorite Holly healing tip, go to your house, go look around. If you're younger, I know your mother has one of these, get the Euro pillow in your house. Everyone has at least one on a sofa or their bed, right? That's the big square one. It's 36 inches. You are going to go to a bed that no one really sleeps on. If you have that or go to a sofa, you're going to pick up that pillow over your head and then you are going to slam the bed and you are going to physically move that frustration, that fear, that anger, that this isn't fair and this is bullshit and I'm tired of it and I'm lonely and I want this and blah, whatever you need to say, you could say F, 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 whatever 
you could say, and you do it. And then believe me, the pillow gets heavy pretty quick. Yep. And like after a few minutes, you're going to feel so good. And then it's going to be out. So instead of trying to control it and shove it down, that is not a good way to be healthy healing. You're never going to progress in your life. If you do that, I know this because I also was a shover. I shoved, shoved everything down all the time. Mm -hmm. So some people do it with food. Some people do it with alcohol. Some people do it with sexual partners, like no judgment. This is what you're doing, but I'm going to say, try the pillow. Yeah. And then I did a video of this on Instagram and my daughter was filming me because I was in a mood shocking because I'm moody and the pillow biffed me in the face and like <laughs> bounced right back and hit me in the face and my daughter. And that was what we needed. We needed a good laugh. I can make right. fun of myself a little bit, but I want, I want people to know that like a lot of people are like, get zen, go outside. I'm a big believer of that too, but maybe instead of guarding, maybe you just need to break a rock. I don't know. Maybe you need to dig a giant hole. For the sake of digging a giant hole and not everything you do when you're coping needs to have some sort of outcome that's tangible, makes money, prove something. Sometimes Mm. it's just the doing. That is such a mic drop moment. And it is something that is so relevant. Why do we still fucking suppress all our emotions? We're so afraid of them. Do you know that's why we're afraid of them? We're afraid of who we would be or what people will think if we're pissed. We're afraid of who we will be or what people will think if we have the ugliest cry we've had that year. We're afraid people will think a thing. So we push down, push down, push down. And you just use the word moody. So I'm going to use it for argument's sake because women everywhere. And then we're like, meh. At our at our families all the time. Pick up your shit. You leave your shit everywhere. How? Why yeah, you then you bark at stuff that doesn't change, matter. Change a fucking. Nobody knows how to change a fucking toilet paper roll. Like literally, oh, yeah, that's my favorite. Well, yeah. how about the apple juice box straw thing? Why, <laughs> why are we everywhere? Why? Why? Like, why? Why, why, why is the trash can repel that? It makes me crazy. <laughs> and why are they packaged that way? There has to be a Honestly, better way to be packaged. There has to be a better way. This, this is point. what I tell a lot of women, especially as well, and men too. It applies to everyone. But it's okay for your children to see you upset. Mm. It is okay for them to see that you can master having a good day or a bad day, be angry and hurt. It's okay to articulate. This is what I tell my kid. I'm having one of those days where I'm feeling sad. You are not responsible. You are not at fault. You did nothing to make me feel this way. It's just one of those days and I love you, but today I need more space. Mm-hmm. Ooh, full circle moment to the beginning. Do you have, can you hold this space? Right. And then my kid looks at me and she gets a little upset. But now when she's in a mood, she's like, you know what? I'm just sad today. <laughs> Teenage hormones. Right. But, I have a preteen. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, but isn't that like a huge gift to when you have partnership, friendship, whatever, or I'm really angry, I'm pissed off. And let's say me and my husband are not in that good day. Right. So I also tell her you are not responsible for our argument. Yeah. You are not responsible for making it better. This has nothing to do with you. This is really about us figuring something out Mm -hmm. because when I was growing up, I thought when they didn't get along, it was my responsibility to make it better. So I don't want to put that burden on her. Like, what if we all start doing that? Like how different will the world be in 10 years? It's so true. And it's all about emotional intelligence. And I think that's a triggering term for a lot of people. But the truth is emotional intelligence means that you are aware of your emotions and you don't fear them and you don't suppress them. And 
also you are learning to communicate your emotions. So this is something that's really come up in our home. Uh, I am, I am, I am, I can be explosive. (laughs) I can, I'm up and down. I'm like a roller coaster. Right. And when, and I know that about myself and I work really, really hard not to be so incon, unpredictable for the people that I love. And so I very much am like, I'm just having a day. I'm just really tired. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to today, period. You got to try the pillow on that day. Right. It's like, I just want, I just don't want to. So that's how I feel. And that's okay. But my daughter is also explosive like me and my partner and my son are not, they're shutter downers. They're like, we're just not going to be able to manage this level of emotion. And my preteen daughter is hormonal and insane. And so we have this new rule that you can feel however you'd like, if you're not in a place where you can communicate what you need or, or how you feel with it, with love and respect, we're not ready period for, but that goes, that's like the rule in the house. Now, if you're having a day and you can't communicate lovingly and with respect, you just say, I'm not ready to communicate. I love that. And you take space. I'm trying to teach my daughter high anxiety, hates to be alone. Also, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't touch my yeah. things. I'm not putting anything away. I'm going to be everywhere and be mad that you want me to be cohabitating. <laughs> She's right. Just, there are days. So we're trying to say your room is not your punishment. Your room is your sacred space to be able to do whatever you want without having to communicate lovingly and respectfully. Yeah. You know, like guides are telling me something about your daughter. So I think she would react really well to sensory of smell. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know it's cliche lavender, but I'm really hearing rose water for her. Okay. I'm writing this down. Please do. So rose water and eucalyptus is very high vibrational. Um, I use zoom mists personally. I just really like the quality of the product and so whatever. So I spray it. My daughter has a lavender one and um, a eucalyptus one in her room as well. Hmm. And when she knows that her anxiety is peaking, you can walk by the room and it just smells like that. Huh? Yeah. And it gives her, it gives them a sense of control, but it's also like, it really is high vibration and it'll chill you out. But for her rose water, there's something like sweet and calming in that smell for her that I think would help. And I just got my daughter a hematite bracelet. Hematite is a grounding stone if you're interested at all, but like that one will may react different. She might need, um, it looks like fool's gold to me Ooh, for her. For, she doesn't have that one. Yeah. For her vibration. See, if I touch hematite, it breaks. I don't know. Yeah. Like I used to buy hematite rings and like with an hour, they would all shatter. So like, it just doesn't work for my vibration, but for her, it is, um, she needs a metal. So she, yeah, needs to balance her metal and fire. That's what's going on for her elementally energetically. So, but so, and you have to like, just calm it down to a water, but it's really hmm. hard for her. Yeah. So yes, it needs, is. You need to go like that. So I'm like a big proponent of salt baths and she'll fight you a lot on this, but there's also, I'm assuming if it's here, it's there. Any Epsom salt kind of bath, you can put the rose water in that one for her too. Huh? 
Yeah. And then just, and Epsom salt is not expensive, right? The fixing no. or helping yourself doesn't have, this is for listeners too. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not the healer is going to make you spend $700 on a thing that I'm selling. I have links on my website, by the way, and I get two cents for every five items bought from Amazon. It really is just there because people ask me and I just want to be helpful. Not that I am making, I don't have, it's right. not really a revenue stream. I just like to put that out there too. That's um, so funny. But anyway, if you, if there is a tub that she can sit in and she is going to fight you because she's feisty that way. But once she gets in and her muscles relax, it's like, what is happening is her nervous system is flexing her muscles. And mm-hmm. it's almost like physicality hurts her suddenly. That's why she doesn't want to be touched. It's an overstimulation. So I just think the salt bath will help bring it down. And you could go to the store and she could smell a hundred of them or pick one mm-hmm. target. You guys have target. I'm assuming, right? right? No, so- they took it away what? from us. <gasps> That's awful. Anyway, you don't have Target or Hobby Lobby. Freaking <gasps> Canada. Hobby Lobby. They keep closing those anyway. But <laughs> um, anything like that that she likes, it'll bring her down. Cedar would be good for her to sage, but she'll fight you on that because the stink. She's particular. You don't say. Yeah. She's so funny. So I don't know how hu- into human design you are or whatever, but I'm a sacral authority. So I respond to the world with my sacral and she responds with her emotions, which for anyone who's listening has heard me talk about this a little bit. Um, an emotional authority feels really big things and they have to ride the emotional wave before they make decisions. And because she's 10 and we're also coupling, you know, anxiety. And she also has an ADD diagnosis but I think they're so intertwined that like when one flares, the other flares. So, um, you couple that with a pandemic and all the things and hormones and the girl just can't regulate. Yeah. And so I, as a sacral authority respond really, um, it's really difficult for me to, to manage the emotional wave. Right. I'm like, I'm a fixer. We could do, there are things we can do. Got to hold the space, baby. She needs to, (laughs) that's right. She needs to ride the wave. But one of the things I love that you said, the bath, because, um, when we bought this house, it came with a really beautiful freestanding clawfoot tub. And, um, I know it's the best, the best part of this house and, uh, probably why I bought it, but side the point. I really am working on her understanding her feminine energy, right? Her feminine divinity and embracing that before she has to like decondition it. And so that's one of our favorite things to do when she's sore from gymnastics or it's cold is we have a bath. Yeah. So what they're also showing me, this is fun. Um, I usually don't read kids and I don't think I'm saying anything that you wouldn't feel comfortable. Otherwise I would wait till later, but what I'm seeing is like, um, she likes creating things. Yeah. So she likes to create environment. So what I'm seeing right now is you're going to go wherever, wherever you are, and you're going to get either a tray or I'm going to call it a pan, but it really is. It's kind of a nice tray. And then she's going to go and she's going to find some sand. She's going to put sand in the tray and then she's going to find some shells and she's going to put shells. And then I'm seeing actually kinetic sand, which is, I know something that younger children play with, Mm -hmm. but the ability to squish it is going to be good for when she's out of control. It's, um, a coping mechanism for her. She gets tactile and overwhelmed if you touch her anywhere else. So I'm seeing that. Um, but then I want her to go pick out a candle 
that she picks that she finds the smell of. And that when she knows she's feeling triggered, right. Cause she knows that word as well. She can feel mm-hmm. it coming. It's like a, like for her, it's like you get maybe <laughs> two and a half clicks before the pow. But if she can get that, uh, if you trust her with a lighter or you help her with that, and then let her have that and be like, when you feel that popping up, you make this look how you need to feel safe. Mm. And then do like, there's something in the mechanics of setting it up and doing it that it won't work right away, but it will end up working for her. And then on top of the bath thing, like you're, it's like, I don't want to use the word ritual because I think some of your listeners are going to be like, what the hell? Hocus. No, we're woo here. Okay. We're woo here. So it's not an altar so much, but it is an altar to her self that is upset. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I love this. Thank you very much because, um, I have never hid my spirituality journey from my kids ever. And, um, I'm, I'm sure the guides will respond to this as you're channeling, but, um, she is incredibly intuitive. Naturally, she feels so deeply and because she's mine offspring, um, she responds mostly to my energy, but I very much include her in the power of the crystals, the power Mm -hmm. of self-talk, the power of manifestation, her connection to source, right? You have a real short veil there, girl, let's use it. Um, And so she has her own little altar already that she's created with crystals we've gifted her and crystals she's picked for herself. But those vibe her up. They don't bring her down. Right. So I love that you said that because this is about her learning. Okay. I can feel this coming. Let me create strategy that feels safe for me to come back down in my own safety. Not because mom said so, not because the world said so, but because I, you know, have the power to calm my body and bring myself back. Yeah. I used to hate being grounded by the way. So like, because when I feel things, I feel lightheaded. I don't really feel my body. I used to walk around with bruises all over. Cause I literally would walk and bang into things. And I had no awareness of it, which is odd. Cause when I danced, I was a hundred percent in my body, but the minute mm-hmm. I stopped dancing, I'm like, la. <laughs> so for me, it was really interesting to learn how to ground and this honestly, only a few years ago where I pull the earth energy into me instead of me out of me. So mm-hmm. for her, she needs to pull up for safety and stability. So when she does her altar, she's going like from her sacral up, she's going from her solar plexus up. Yeah. But she also has to go from the feet up and then in the middle, imagine like a yin yang for her. She has no energetic boundary when she gets like this because she's exploding. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, Archangel Josephine is the one for children. She's really connected to Ariel and ethereal. The name sounds like ethereal. It's not English. So that's my best translation of that. But what she needs to imagine is a bubble around her in the shape of an egg. And because she's still young and you're her parent, you can create that for her. And then Mm. you can say, I'm seeing this happening. If you could decorate anything to make you feel safe right now, how would it be? Right. So for me, the inside of her egg would be full of a mountain range. Mm. So that's really earth heavy, right? It's like the earth going up to the sky. It would be, um, I don't, does she do um, rhythmic gymnastics at all? Because I'm seeing a ribbon. No, no, well, she, but she is a competitive artistic gymnast. gymnast. Okay, so I'm seeing like, yeah. So for me, I see a ball on a ribbon, like with huh. clips. So just so whatever. That's fun. 
But like, so I just, so I think there's a way and because she's so young, it will change. Um, I got my daughter, she used to pull unicorn cards. Those are really designed for young children yeah. and something simple. And I also have one of my decks over there. What's that one? I don't know. It's got like animals on it. So I, right. she would pull like an owl or whatever and then set it up. And then I, my deck would be ruined. Cause she'd never give them back. But <laughs> I feel like when your daughter is doing that, she's exploding out of her body. But what she really needs at that moment is the grounding. And again, the salt bath will help in whatever, but see, that's like even talking to any adult when you're feeling that out of control, why I like the pillow thing is I'm bringing you in your body and grounding you in a way that might be different. You know, meditation can be go to the golf range and hit balls, singular focus, one thing at a time, but maybe you need to be physical when you do it. I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. I think there is no limitation. You're not going to be like, oh. like, cause I can't, so, I love that we're talking about how meditation gets to be whatever it is individually. Correct. I'd say this is one of my big points because a lot of people are like, I can't monkey brain. I like start with 30 seconds, then set a timer, 30 seconds. And if your mind bounces, so what? Are you judging yourself during meditation is like the opposite of meditation. Let <laughs> yeah. it bounce. Go ahead, let it. And then what happens when you stop trying to control it? Then you're going to mm -hmm. feel something because the bouncing is a feeling you're not ready to face. Boom. Deflection. <sighs> <laughs> so good. I, and you're right. All of what we just talked about, all of what you just got for Rye specifically translates to all of us. You know, um, I remember we didn't, I, I'm, I naturally am pulled to water as a calming agent always have been as a child. It was my favorite place to be. Um, anytime I meditate, that's where I go always, always. Mm -hmm. Um, and, we didn't have a bathtub in our old house that long-legged me could comfortably enjoy. And so um, I hear that a lot when I'm like, take a bath. People are like, I don't have a bathtub. And I'm like, that's cool. Do you have running water? Do you have that? Then you could do that in the shower. Cause that's what I used to do. It's just like, let's just burn my skin. Let's get as hot as we can, as quiet as we can. It doesn't matter how long this takes. Let's just be present. In also do a salt scrub in the shower. I tell right. my clients all the time, take your Epsom salt, mix it with your soap and scrub your body. I also yeah. tell people I put Epsom salt in my liquid soap. It ruins the liquid soap. Don't do it like that. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, maybe I can make a new concoction. No, that doesn't no. really work, but you can, you can do it. Also, you can listen to water sounds. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But that has to come. We, that's a progressive thing. I believe for sure. Um, especially for people who so heavily, heavily need to be in control, right. If they're learning to release control and really come to center, learning how that feels, that's where, that's where you get the people that are like, I can't meditate. That doesn't, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for you because you are uncomfortable with stillness, right? It's a learned thing. You have to release control to get still. You have to release control to lose yourself <laughs> in sound, to lose yourself in medit or in uh, vis visualizations. It's the learning to it's progressive. So it's it, just like you said, stop judging yourself for not being quote unquote good at it. It's a, it's a learned thing, but I love what you're saying is like, if dancing feels like you're in center, that's a form of meditation. If being at the driving range feels like center, 
meditation. If taking a walk on the beach feels like center meditation, doesn't really matter how noisy it is around you. Are Mm -hmm. you still, are you centered? If you are, you're meditating. Yes. (laughs) What a concept. I love so much that more and more people are talking about how you don't have to traditionally air quotes for the listeners, um, meditate because we spend an awful lot of time judging ourselves that the thoughts don't stop and the noise outside is distracting and I don't have a place to do it. And I can hear the kids screaming and all the things we have a million reasons why we can't do it. Right. But we, when we know what makes us feel calm and Mm -hmm. centered, then we know how to get to that place. Oh my God. People told me when I lived in LA for 10, so I was there for 18, I think for good 12 years, people are like, you should really try yoga. I'm like, F yoga, F those hippies, F patchouli, no effing way. Ew. (laughs) No, it's not. Ew. Ew. I don't like anything about it. And now I'm like, I miss yoga. Mm -hmm. When I got in there and I found a vinyasa flow and it had music that I liked and that I saw how hard it actually was and how good I actually felt and how grounded and centered at the end of it. I was like, I really should have done this a long time ago. Like, you know, ridiculous. It's so true. And again, it's like what you have to know yourself. You have to become self-aware and be willing to self-discover because I adore yoga. But if I'm like, if I'm using it as a form of exercise, it doesn't matter if I'm using it as a form of, you know, really coming to center as a form of self-care, it has to be hot. Hmm. Because that's what I do in the bath. I like burn my skin. That's what I do in the shower. I like burn my skin when it's I a little bit daydream. of punishment in your thing. I'm <laughs> no, but saying, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm like when I daydream about if I was like, you know, if I could do whatever I want, there were no constraints in the world. I would live on a I would live in a tropical environment where I was hot all the time. It's mm. like there's something about it that just really calms me and brings me to center. And so if I need that for self-care, if that's my self-care activity has to be hot. Yeah. And but but I wouldn't know that until I tried both. And I think that's really what you're saying. What I'm saying is like self-discovery, learning what feels calming for Try something new people. If you're, you're an adult, when's the last time you tried something new, you're so afraid of embarrassing yourself. You're so afraid of not being the best at it. So get over it, get over yourself. Just, (laughs) just honestly, like I can laugh at myself while I struggle and then I really want to do it. Right. I said I was a plus and now I'm a minus personality, right? Like I started taking dance classes on zoom a couple months ago by some guy I ran across on Instagram. So random. He was the nicest guy ever and tap dancing in my garage in the summer. It's hot I'm in the Mm -hmm. South. It was so hot, but I was like, this brings me joy. I'm not the best at it anymore, but now it's like a new goal. Ooh, I want to get better. I like, like where I'm, I was teasing you about, like, you like some sort of pain. I like some level of how, how can I go more and know more and get better? That's kind of fundamental in who I am as well. Yeah. And I like some challenge. Right. And that, but that is what you need. That is what I need. So I think the whole, we may, we poke fun because it's easy, but it's like, the truth is just know who you are. And if you don't know who you are and what you need, try something new. Yes. Yeah. Try something new. Holly, we could talk all day, all day, but I know that, uh, I want to honor your time. And I also know that everybody will want to hang out with you 
And the gram is your jam as it is mine, but where can people connect with you? Yeah. On Instagram, Holly Hughes intuitive. My website is Holly Hughes intuitive (laughs) Twitter. I'm not really there that much. So don't even bother. I'm on YouTube. If you just type in Holly Hughes intuitive, you will find me. Amazing. And if you had one last piece of advice for our listeners, what would you say? Life's too short to wear uncomfortable bras or be in (laughs) uncomfortable relationships. You are my favorite human. That is my favorite thing I've heard. That that it's perfect. This is perfect. Yeah. We're just going to end right here. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for being here today. Honestly, you are a breath of fresh air and so much fun to hang out with. Uh, I'm so grateful. Our paths have crossed and I cannot wait for us to continue to be in each other's worlds. Thank you to our listeners for taking time to love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. See you on the next episode.